Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's Sean Dickinson. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, good Saturday morning to you. It is Warriors this week, back together again and getting you ready for game three of the Western Conference semifinals from Los Angeles. That's where I come to you, Whitey Gleason, back in our San Francisco studios. Whitey, I'll say it again. I already said it once. It is good to be with you, sir, uh, with the Warriors advancing to the second round. I know you had a couple of weeks on assignment, That's as, right. as they say, but back and, and ready to roll here uh, for the duration, as long as the Warriors yeah. go, the two of us together here on Saturday morning for Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. We got a lot to talk about with a pivotal Whitey Game 3 tonight with the series tied at a game apiece. Yeah, thanks, J.D. Great to be back. And yes, I was on assignment during the, uh, the, the Sacramento series, and thanks to Evan Giddings for Doing a great job, more than keeping my seat warm. Great to be back and with Alan, you. And Alan Styles. Alan, while we're thank you, Alan. Folks. I apologize. Yeah, yeah two, absolutely. Two-man effort. Yes. Two-man effort to fill your <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I would like to begin with this, J.D., and you're right. There's so much to unravel and get into. Can you give us a sense of what it's like in L.A., the feeling, uh, the mood there, maybe the mood of the Lakers? You know, they win that first game here, and it's a huge statement win, and then the Warriors come back and wham, smack them right in the mouth. To what extent do you get a sense that the Lakers' confidence was at all, if at all, dented by what happened to them in Game 2 here? Yeah, I I think it may have been dented a little bit just based on how much they discussed the officials after Mm. Game 2. I I think there was, and I know Sam Amick wrote about it in in The Athletic, just the fact that the Lakers almost acknowledged the fact openly that if they don't get a big-time free-throw advantage, they can't in some ways hang with the Warriors right. as as this series rolls on. So I think that's something to to keep an eye on moving forward. I know the officials 
have been announced just while we're on that topic for Game 3 tonight. Whitey, I always present this without opinion. If you want to share one, I know Warrior <laughs> fans tend to go crazy. Uh, team, opposing teams' fans go crazy. Kings fans are going crazy. There's some Laker fans in the mentions right now on social media going crazy over just the, the mere tweet about who the Game 3 officials will be. Uh, but looking through that, it'll be David Guthrie, Bill Kennedy, Mitchell Irvin tonight here okay. at what they now call Crypto.com Arena. I have no opinion on it either way, but the officiating, at least from the Lakers side of things, seemed to be a big focus coming off of Game 2 and heading toward Game 3. Did you see the numbers on on how frequently we've had a disparity like we had in Game 1, free throw-wise, in the NBA playoffs? You know, it was 29 free throws for the Lakers and then 6 for the Warriors. Only five times in playoff history have we had a discrepancy like that ever in playoff history only five times. And that was the only time, that's the only time that the road team got that many free throws when we've had that discrepancy. It seems to me, J.D., that, and we know the Lakers are built this way. I'm not saying that they need the officials to give them a favorable whistle, but if they don't get to the foul line, they don't win. I mean, if they get to the foul line, that's the way they're built, leading the league in free throws, they could win. But if the Lakers don't get to the foul line, I don't think they can win this series. No, and you look at, Game one, where the Warriors had a 45-point advantage from the three-point line with their 21 makes to the Lakers' six, but the Lakers were able to make up for it because they had a 26-point advantage in the paint and then a 20-point advantage Mm -hmm. at the free-throw line. So combining the paint points and the free-throw points, they were actually plus 46 which bested the Warriors plus 45 from three, and then the Lakers ended up obviously winning that that game by five. So I'm with you as part of their offense because they don't consistently make threes, and they haven't in the first couple of games of this series, just looking at what 16 three-point makes in two games combined for the Lakers. The Warriors have hit 21 in each of the first two games of this series. Is that something that, that carries through? as the series shifts in terms of the hot warrior shooting from three going on the road. But, yeah, the Lakers just need those points. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about a favorable whistle or not. They just need the free throws to be able to be efficient enough offensively. They got that in game one. Anthony Davis obviously was a lot better in game one than game two. But but as you look at this thing – The Lakers did what they had to do in in coming in and and winning one of two at chase. And now we'll see. I know the Warriors probably believe that they fixed some of their road woes in the final two games of Sacramento, winning game five and game seven. Uh, But, you know, this is a new series and, and we'll see if the hot shooting can continue for the Warriors. Some real good adjustments from Golden State from game one to game two. I thought, Whitey, I kind of laid out my adjustments and series are all about these adjustments, but more Draymond Green on Anthony Davis. The Warriors did that, and Draymond basically made Anthony Davis yep. tap out in, in game two, which is a story that we've seen before. Go small, try to run the Lakers bigs. I, I thought the Warriors did do more of that. Jamichael Green getting the start for Kevon Looney, who was ill, was part of that, and, and what a lift they got from Jamichael Green with the 15 points in that game and knocking down three threes more curry on ball uh that warriors were able to do that and and i thought it would be more to look to cook for himself pick and roll yeah more getting others involved Mm -hmm. and being patient and disciplined just an exceptional point guard performance from steph and yeah absolutely very highly efficient i know a lot of people probably looked at his scoring numbers and said oh what happened 
but he was uh, hyper-efficient in that game and obviously a, an absolute key to victory. The fact that Draymond was able to take advantage of the fact that the Lakers didn't guard him, he had done that earlier, we know, against uh, the Kings, where he had one game where he missed a lot of layups and came back the next game and lit him up. He took advantage of that in uh, the last game. You know, he play, he defended AD very well. AD, as you, as you alluded to, AD, uh, Anthony Davis in the playoffs so far this year, every time he's scored 20 or more in a playoff game this year, he's followed up with 16 or fewer. So he is, he's up and down, he's all over the place. Like, where did he go? What happened to Anthony Davis? And I think, J.D., I'd love to know what you think of this. Um, I, I'm sure when the schedule came out, you know, games every other day, for the Warriors, that's a little concerning. But I think the Lakers may need rest more than the Warriors do. I know the the Laker roster isn't that old, but their two main guys probably need more rest than than even the Warriors do right now. Well, and the Lakers need massive games from both of those players. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. We, we talked about the game Davis had, but LeBron has to be able to score and and do it efficiently. And he's hurt. LeBron he really, is hurting right now. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think taking the easy way out as far as just settling for jumpers because he doesn't have it physically game in game out to be able to to attack in the paint the way that that he needs to when he's at his best getting downhill I know that's something the Lakers have talked about a lot wanting to get downhill and toward the basket and and get buckets that way and also get those free throw attempts that are so critical to them as well but I I think the Warriors as much as they are an older team themselves really believe that they're a better conditioned team and they're just built to be able to run over and over and over and over and that, that they can wear the Lakers down as this series goes on, especially if they have the ability to go small in stretches as they did more in, in game two. So, yeah, I, I think I think you're on to something as far as, as the Lakers, and I think that was part of them kind of giving up in game two, almost yeah. packing it in. Hey, let's rest up. I know the Warriors got an opportunity to – rest their starters more than usual certainly for a playoff game but it was almost as if mid-third quarter the Lakers said let's just start focusing on Saturday and and trying to go all in to win that game it's almost a a a pseudo load management in a way for for a playoff series for the Lakers to try and make sure they have as much of the tank as they can for for tonight yeah and I know this is basketball 1a basically and we have the smartest listeners and radio on on this show especially but, you know, one of the benefits of the uh, Warriors getting out and running is um, you don't get the the Lakers. Deep. The Lakers are really good defensively. If they're not set, you can get them in transition. That's great. Also, you avoid sending them to the foul line. You know, the Lakers, again, it has to do with tempo. Everything literally stops. The game stops. They're shooting free throws, makes it easier for the Lakers to get back and get their defense set. So the fewer free throws they uh, attempt, the fewer fouls the Warriors commit, and the more the Warriors can get out and run, you actually neutralize uh, what advantages the Lakers have with the fact that their defense is very good, but if you get them in transition, it's a different deal. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson in Los Angeles ahead of Game 3 and Game 4. We've got a full day of Warriors coverage coming your way here on 95.7 The Game with the 5.30 tip tonight from yes. crypto.com arena i'm still getting used to that one uh-huh. being here so many times <laughs> over the last couple of decades and having it be staple center the crypt yeah they call it for short uh down here and the warriors trying to take the, the 2-1 lead tonight games three and four of course we're gonna have every game for you here on 95.7 the game but we're with you id until one o'clock and then with a little break and then i'm gonna be back 
uh, in that 4 o'clock hour for Warriors Live, getting you set up uh, from, from the arena for Game 3, and it, it should be a good one. I, I think you, you asked about the vibe here in, in Los Angeles. I, I think the vibe is that it's going to be a long series and, and that, the war, that the Lakers did what they had to do in getting one and that it's going to be a different story as far as from what we saw in Game 2 in the games played down here in Los Angeles. I think it's a, it's a confident Laker fan base that they feel that they'll be allowed to be a little more physical in, in defending the Warriors, that the Warriors are not going to hit 20-plus three-pointers and that the Lakers will get the advantage of maybe being the aggressor on the home floor to get those free throw attempts that, that they so very much need to be able to to hang in and win games in, in this series. It's, it, it really is interesting because it's almost as if the Lakers just their, – their plan is to have, in some ways, four chances – in this series, right? Mm-hmm. Create four game, but you got to go in a way. You almost have to go four for four. Like if there's ever right. one of these close games, like a game one, where things are kind of going the Lakers' way in terms of the paint and the free throw, like, you better win that game. Right. Otherwise, right at that point, the Warriors may all but clinch the series. And I think a lot of people would have felt that way had the Warriors won game one, especially from down 14 with six minutes to go and then run the Lakers out in the second half of game two. We'd have a completely different feel for this thing. But obviously that didn't happen. The Lakers deserve to win game one. And now here we are with what figures to be a, a really good back and forth series. I know I had Warriors in seven. I'm, I'm sticking with Warriors in seven. I'm interested to get your take on this too, Whitey. Just the, the fact that it feels like from doing Warriors wrap-up after the game Thursday, from being on, I know you were on with Dibs Thursday, I was on with Dibs yesterday in, in for Mark Willard, but it, it feels like Warrior fans are extremely confident in, in that almost they have figured the Lakers out and, and believe the Warriors have figured the Lakers out and that this series is just going to be on cruise control. I don't see it that way hmm. uh, as much as the Warriors looked – Really good. I think every time we've seen Whitey this year, the Warriors appear to be at that moment where they're about to seize control. They just don't. They come up with a bad game. True. Or the opponent hits back. And even in the Sacramento series, that was the case with the awful game six that they played uh, at Chase Center. But uh, just kind of what's your sense for have the Warriors figured the Lakers out and now it's downhill for them the rest of the way? Uh, as this thing moves forward. Well, I know we were talking. I basically was in for you Thursday because you were going to be in for Willard, Mark Willard, and then you had to do everything else that night, game night. So I was kind of in for you, uh, and then you were in for Willard yesterday. In in a way, I mean, yeah. I mean, JD's getting it done. You can hear the voice. Reminds me of last year uh, when you were coming to us from Boston at the end. Oh, no, we're good. We're we're nowhere near that territory. Good. Good, yeah, I know. It just reminded me of that. Um, the fact that uh, I, I mentioned it because we were talking, Dibs and I, and a lot of, of the Warrior fans that you're talking about, we were talking about Jamichael Green. Hey, maybe Jamichael Green tonight. Now, we didn't know that Looney was going to be ill and that Jamichael Green was going to start, but he played so well. And it just it speaks to one thing that's really unique about this Warrior team, in my opinion. If you go back over teams that have won multiple championships over a number of years, they typically will dictate, this is what we do and you have to adjust to us. But where the Warriors are right now, they don't really do that uh, as much. I mean, there's a degree a, a degree to which they do that. But then it's like, hey, Jamichael Green's starting tonight, and he comes through. 
the Steve Kerr is just uh, he does a really good job with this roster. We know about the shortcomings. I mean, but that was just an example of how this Warrior team to me is unique among teams that have won multiple championships. But if I'm a Warrior fan right now, my confidence comes from, as we said, the fact that LeBron is, you know, he's he's got a bad issue with his foot right now. I'm not making excuses for him, but he's not LeBron. Um, he's not as dominant. Even he had 20 something in the first half of the second half. He was like, he was okay. So he's not LeBron right now. And they need him to be the Lakers do to thread the needle and win this series. And then Anthony Davis is just, uh, what happens to him? Uh, you know, he was dominant in the first game and then game two, I, I, Draymond had a lot to do with it. He talked about pushing him off of his spots, but Anthony Davis disappeared. So if you're, if you're a Laker fan, how much, how confident can you be when your two main guys, one is hobbled and the other one is just, Eh, he's really good most nights, but some nights he's not. So I think to answer your question, that's where a lot of the Warrior fan confidence comes from. Yeah, the Warriors did a much better job against D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder in yeah. Game 2 compared yeah. to Game 1. They both were very comfortable. And, and really for the first five quarters of this series, one of the big concerns that I had, Whitey, was the fact that the Lakers' offense looked really comfortable. I thought the Warriors defensively, especially playing at home, would be able to lock the Lakers up a little bit more and for the first five quarters of this series it it just didn't happen the Warriors though I think igniting their offense in the middle two quarters of game two that helped their defense and the avalanche came Mm -hmm. that that we're so used to seeing for for the Warriors against this Lakers team with the 84-47 middle two quarters of game two. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. Let's get to the phones and get it started with Eric in San Francisco here on a Saturday morning on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Eric? Hey, good morning, J.D. and Lee. Um Yeah, so I was calling in because you know how Shaq says the, uh, he calls them the others, the importance of the role players? I really think the difference between game one and game two was their others came out and played much better than our guys. And then, you know, Moody had a nice game, and DiVincenzo was much better. And so I, I feel like I think if Clay or Steph or Dre have a bad game, we're, the, the dubs are sunk anyways. But where I really think that it's on the margins today is whether basically our non-essential, like not non-essential, but our non-key guys perform against Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, and, um, you know, the rest of their kind of like Austin Reeves. Is he going to go off like he did against Memphis? And I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's kind of the key to the game is how the non-key essential guys play in comparison to the key guys, just because we all know they're going to all, all, or at least four of them are going to show up between LeBron, Curry, Thompson, and Green, and then Davis is the wild card. So I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Eric. No, I, I think there's something to that for sure. I mean, Moses Moody played 26 minutes, and some of that was mop-up duty, but he was playing more yeah. in game two than, than he had been playing, even though he's been a regular member of the rotation since – game three of the the Sacramento series it was more Moody and DiVincenzo it was less Jordan Poole and less Gary Payton the second but it all comes back to the others or the role players or the bench players playing better at home which is typically a trend the Warriors got a little more of that in game two can the Warriors carry that with the others 
onto the crypto.com floor here in game three and game four. And will the Lakers get better contributions from Reeves, who hasn't given them much, Russell and Schroeder, who had good game ones but did not in game two? Uh, I want to back up just for a moment uh, to a comment you made right before we went to Eric because I thought it was a great point, and it gets forgotten because game two was such a blowout. But as you said, you, you mentioned the Warriors had some issues getting defensive traction through the first five quarters of the series. Yeah, after that first quarter, I mean, the Lakers were in pretty good shape uh, game two after the first quarter, right? They were up 33-26, and it was like, eh, and then the next thing you know, well, forget about it. So that that was a great point that you raised uh, I think DiVincenzo is the key for the Warriors. You know, he hasn't had a very good postseason, as we know, and he showed some some signs of busting out of that. Uh, and as a veteran, I mean, he's a guy that should be able to play well on the road. I think we've seen that during the season. I know the playoffs are different, but he's got some, you know, big-time playoff experience. Interesting guy that, that Eric mentioned to me is D'Angelo Russell, because I'm not sure he's really one of their others. I mean, I get that. I understand that. But look at game one at the towards the end when the game was slipping away from the Lakers and they had to Daybreak bring him bucket. back in to stabilize the offense. So I'm not disagreeing with Eric. It's a great point. But as far as D'Angelo Russell goes, he's a little bit more than that to them sometimes this year. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think Eric was kind of putting it as, well, they've got LeBron and AD. The Warriors have Steph and Clay, And then, sure. and then everybody, like you, you could make a case Wiggins isn't an other for right. the Warriors, sure. right? In, right. In, in that same vein. And you know, D'Angelo Russell did have the game-winning bucket after the Warriors went on the, the 14-0 run to tie the game from, from 112-98 to, to 112. I thought the Warriors in game two one of the low-key adjustments was, you know, D'Lo was kind of giving it to Wiggins in, in game one, which which was surprising mm-hmm. to see him look so comfortable. The Warriors switched it up and put Clay Thompson on yeah. D'Angelo Russell yeah. in game two, and Clay did a hell of a job. I don't know whether Clay – is Clay's defense – better when he's making shots or <laughs> is his I mean is his uh does he make shots when his defense is better I don't know chicken or the egg but Clay was phenomenal uh, in game two in in all phases I know that I wasn't able to sit with you for game two but I sure was reminded real quick here uh seeing D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Poole and it's like hey I remember that year when D'Angelo Russell was here when Clay wasn't playing at all. Boy, that was not much of a year. And it's just a surprise to see that Jordan Poole, the way he's playing now, and also D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, just was not a good fit here. And now he's become a a key part of this Laker team right now. Just brought back those not-so-good old days to me, J.D. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. Comcast Business text line open, but let's keep it rolling on the phone lines here with Jonathan in San Francisco next up. Jonathan, you're on with J.D. and Whitey. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan. Hey, good morning, J.D. and Whitey. You know my biggest takeaway after two games is that the Warriors would have been 2-0 if the referees weren't suckers for, you know, uh, giving the Lakers 29 free throws when all they did was, you know, flail their arms wildly in the there and, and flop and fall on their own at the slightest contact. But, uh, you know, what, what we can do, right? We just got to keep playing. So it's 1-1. I expect this series to be tied after four games, but uh, worse than six, because you know why? When this matchup first became, you know, on schedule, the first person I thought right away was Don Nelson. But you know how it says in practice, right? Little guys versus small guys. The little guys always beat the bigger guys nine out of ten times or eight out of ten times. That said, I think we got the series 
because we're the little guys. And not only that, we got the greatest little guy of all time. Yes, and Steph was tremendous in, in game two of this series, just, just controlling the game, uh, making the right play, doing it quickly and, and decisively, attacking more with the ball in his hands, but attacking to get others involved, which I think was, was so key. And, yeah, I think Jonathan's on to something there, Whitey, with the, the, the Don Nelson and, and the little guys beating the big guys over time. I think the Warriors believe as this series gets deeper, they've got more of an advantage because the Lakers won't be able to keep up with their pace and their skill level. As far as the, the refs, look, that that's going to be a story in this series. Yep. There are going to be multiple games in this series where – because the Lakers and the style that they play, they're going to get more free throw attempts. And so the Warriors are going to have to do the best they can to try to be aggressive and and close the gap, I think is the way Steve Kerr put it, after game one. Not not expect that you're going to shoot more or expect even that it's going to be even, but just do enough to where there isn't a dramatic gap in play that really puts the Warriors in a, in a vulnerable position. They're going to have to play through that, and they're going to have to just – you know, I think stay calm, keep their composure at times where it might get frustrating or appear as if they're really getting getting the, the, the short end of the whistle. Whether they are or not is, is debatable, but teams can get frustrated, especially when other things aren't going well and and the opposition is, is living at the free throw line. That's a great point. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for the call. I think if the officials call it accurately, there's a very good chance the Lakers will have more free throws. And, you know, it seems counterintuitive because we tend to think, well, it should be even. But the way these teams play, based on what we saw during the regular year, if the officials just called everything right down the line, there's a very good chance the Lakers are going to have more free throws. And as you said, as Steve Kerr said, hopefully it's not going to be 29 to 6, but it's probably not going to be even. So we'll see. That's going to be a huge key. And just real quickly, Jonathan's comments reminded me of when the Lakers signed LeBron in 2018. Do you remember this, J.D.? Magic was still there. There was a lot of talk of how the Lakers were going to try to beat the Warriors, not by playing the way the Warriors do, but by playing tougher, being bigger, um, and 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 there's still some remnants of that plan. Now it's mostly about Anthony Davis, but it's just fascinating to me that all these years later it's come to this. I still like the Warriors' chances, but the Lakers have been planning for this moment to knock out uh, the Warriors. I know they got them in the playing thing. This has been like four or five, whatever. It's been uh, six years in the making for them. Yeah, and you you said magic, and I I kind of lost my train of thought there, and thought, ha ha ha, ha I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I, don't know why, I, don't, I don't know why that always. And I I was walking around the the arena here. I'm I'm staying right by uh, the arena here in in downtown Los Angeles, and I, I just walking by, and I got a just a nice picture of the Magic Johnson ah, statue yeah. that's out front here. And I just every time I see Magic now, I think of that press conference where he just he just tell I'm not going to be here. <laughs> But yes, to to your point, uh, you're right. I mean, that was part of what the Lakers were thinking in that moment, and that was back when the Warriors were the defending Western Conference. Mm -hmm. They were the defending NBA champions. Yeah, right. When when LeBron came in Mm -hmm. uh, in 2018, and the Lakers obviously winning the bubble chip back in 2020. All right, we'll pause here. Uh, 888-957-9570. Austin in San Jose. Joe in San Francisco. We'll get to you two coming up right out of the chute as uh, I am in Los Angeles. Whitey Gleason back in San Francisco. 888-957-9570. Your thoughts on Game 3. Series tied at a game apiece. And uh, we've got you covered all day long right here on 95.7 The Game.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, off and running. On a Saturday morning, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570, Warriors and Lakers. It's game three tonight from Southern California. We'll have Warriors Live for you coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as I will be at Crypto.com Arena for that. Also, Warriors wrap-up after the ball game. Make sure you keep it locked right here on 95.7. The game be taking your phone calls and text messages reacting to game three, win or lose for the Warriors as the Dubs coming off the 127-100 win in Game 2. Whitey, what do you say we get back to the phone? Let's do it. The people want to talk. Yeah, let's go. Me too. Let's get to the people, and as promised, (laughs) we get it rolling here in our second segment with Austin and San Jose. Austin, you're on 95.7 The Game. What's going on this morning, brother? Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome back, Whitey. Thank Uh, you. Listen, um, quick. Yes, sir. Uh, Listen, a couple things. I wanted to harken back a little bit to Steph's uh, famous speech this week about you know, falling, getting on the bus. I think that was really uh, profound. I think he showed up. You know, listen, Steph's reputation and, and legacy is intact. Steph doesn't need this series. Win or lose, Steph's, Steph's reputation isn't going anywhere. But the other guys have an opportunity to improve their, their standing if they follow. And then he went out and scored 50 and said, hey, let me show you. Because then he comes back against L.A. the other day and says, look, I'm going to let all you guys eat. I'm going to show you guys that I can distribute. I can let you, if you follow me, You'll eat, and we'll all eat, but you got to stick with the plan. So I think that Steph is really being really profound in terms of his leadership 
I think that's something we need to really not lose sight of. It's not an accident that these guys are uh, won by 27. The other thing I wanted to say was the players on the team like Poole and Wiggins, they need to own their roles, man. I mean, we shouldn't be talking about the when Austin Reeves. I mean, these guys are decent players. But the one thing I'll say about those guys, when they come on the court, they have one thing to do. I mean, Austin Reeves shoots. D'Angelo Russell's a scorer. Vanderbilt is a defensive guy. Our guys need to understand their roles and not try to be anything other than that. Do your job, and the Warriors got this, man. I, I say the Warriors in six if everybody does their job and follows staff. That's, that's what I got, guys. Thanks. Austin, appreciate the call. A lot of good thoughts there, especially about Steph and, and what a week for Steph. You know, going back to and, and with this series – coming on fast and furious and the Warriors basically playing every other day here now all the way since game five of of the Sacramento series Whitey but but what a week for Steph with the speech after the debacle that was game six against the Kings and all of the the really worry in the Bay that that the dynasty could end uh, as early as last Sunday afternoon in Sacramento it didn't happen Steph the leader on display, Steph, the just legend with the 50 in Game 7, the most ever scored, and then the ability to be the distributor that he was in Game 2 of this series. And, and really, I, I think, as Austin says, setting the tone for everybody else as to how the Warriors have to keep attacking this Lakers team. I think Steph's speech and the other issue that Austin's talking about, some of the players needing to understand their roles, I think they're related. Maybe not Wiggins so much, but we know that some of the younger players, looks like they've been unhappy with their playing time. Jordan Poole even said something this week to a reporter. You know, they're well, I don't know how much I can do and only playing 15 minutes, whatever. Um, but, but for Steph to call them all out and hold them all accountable – uh, again, just showed he's becoming more and more and more of a vocal leader in addition to leading on the floor. But just that that game six, and I know the words are beyond that now, that's one of the most surprising things I've ever seen watching basketball, that the words were set up. All right, Sacramento's a boy, they threw a scare at us here, but we're home. We wrap this up. We get some rest. And then for them to just whoosh, go flat like that. They made up for it. I know they got the win, so I'm not dwelling on something negative, but I do think it's interesting to keep that in mind that Steph needed to do that in the first place with this team because that game six, and they all said it, that was an embarrassment, J.D. It really was, and it and it put them in a position where it all could have ended. at the And, you know, Steph saved that from happening. The, the Warriors found the champion's blood, I think, that they had in game five in Sacramento. And they were able to dial that up with Steph carrying mm-hmm. the, the scoring load uh, to help put the Kings away in that game seven. But yeah, just a, I mean, a legendary performance from from Steph and the way he did it. And, and you're right, he is becoming more of a vocal, not a not a loud vocal leader, but a quiet, stern, focused vocal leader. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I was having this conversation with Steiny. I was having this conversation with our boss as well yesterday just about the Warriors being on this run, and it's back and forth, and, and, and we really don't know. I mean, this is the first true run for the Warriors where they could win it, they could not win it, right? And, like, th- more than any of the other years, from e- even in 15 when they hadn't won, you know, they were 67 wins and the number one seed and all of that, and you had a pretty good idea that they, they had a great shot to win it. There were years where they were going to win it, period, uh, you know, right up until the point that they didn't, all those Durant years and the and the 73-9 and nine year. But it felt on a lot of those playoff runs, even last year, like the Warriors were in control basically in every single series 
up until they got down 2-1 in Boston. So really there were a couple of days in Boston where it was like, oh, okay, they might lose. But but for almost two full months, the thought was, well, they're going to win it. This is the first playoff run where it feels like, yeah, they could win it if, if they're able to – to continue to play at the the high level they've played at when they've played well, they could also go out in this series or the next or even in the finals. But but that is a long and winding way of getting to this point. If the Warriors do win it this year, and, and I think there's a moment coming where we're all going to realize maybe they can win it, right? Maybe it's the end of this series or if they get up in this series. But if they win it this year, again, Steph Curry's legacy is cemented. But, I mean, to me, it's another stratosphere based on how they've had to do it this year and how much he's had to do, not only with his play, but also by keeping the unit together where at every turn it's felt like this Warriors team has just been just been a tick away from completely coming apart at the seams. I think they've been very fortunate in the sense that just as the dynasty has started to, I don't know, I'll say wind down, who knows how much longer it can go on here, but we know that it is. it would appear to be at least the back nine of the dynasty, and that's happening at a time when the league is so wide open. You know, it's like, oh, we're older now. I guess it's somebody else's time. Like, no, nobody else is really that good, so we'll keep it going. But it's funny you say that because last night after Boston won and I was watching Tatum on TV, and it was the first time that I've had the thought that, huh, you know, we could have a rematch. We could have the Celtics and the Warriors in the finals. Now, of course we could, but that was the first time it even crossed my mind last night, J.D. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but one thing I've said, again, to, I said it to our boss, I've said it to Steiny. I said, you know, there's going to come a point where, you know, nobody's really looked at this playoff as they're going to win it, I think, because immediately they were up against it in the Sacramento series. But there's going to be a moment, and I likened it to the Giants in their championship runs because you, you didn't know if they were going to win it, and you right. thought they probably weren't in all of them. Mm-hmm. It's more similar to this Warrior run in the sense that but, – but in all of those Giants championship years, there was a point in the playoffs where you thought, they're going to do it, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. And 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 I think that moment, you know, the Warriors are getting closer to that. And look, they're not even not even they're, they're three wins away from being halfway mm-hmm. to, to to winning it. But it you know, with Milwaukee going out and with Phoenix not quite looking as right. good, Denver's pretty solid, but it's still Denver trying to go through it. You know, for the first time as as the the one seed and the favorite. Boston is flawed. I think we're seeing that that Philly isn't even as good as Boston. Miami and the Knicks, I mean, no chance that they're winning a title. If they if they somehow come out of the East, then whoever comes out of the West is going to be breathing real easy at yep. that point. So it just it you know, the Warriors open. are locked in. Yeah. Yeah, they're locked in what they have to do to survive and have been really for the last three weeks, four weeks. But as they continue to push forward, in in some ways it almost the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel becomes a little bit, I, I don't know, it seems a little bit easier the closer you get to yeah, it in, yeah. in, a, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It, uh, let, let's keep it rolling. 888-957-9570. Joe in San Francisco next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. Welcome back, Whitey. Um, yeah, I wanted to say something about the uh, that the Warriors, are, that the Lakers are going to need more rest than the Warriors. Um, and that <clears throat> harkens back to it's the late 80s. I'm in Mazatlan, Mexico, at a senior Frogs, and I'm watching the then aging but still great Lakers and Magic Johnson defeat the young and athletic 
uh, Utah Jazz, Stockton Malone, or second and third, you know, uh, year. And they had this guard, Bob Hansen, Bobby Hansen, who was just running and running and running and running magic all over the place. And magic looked exhausted. It was like 1988 or something like that. Lakers win. They actually go on to win the championship that year. But I remember uh, Magic saying after that series that I want to thank Bob Hansen for getting me into shape. <laughs> He's been playing for like you know Magic in years, championships, MVPs, the whole season back when they played '82 and Brutal Ball. But they needed that super intense run to get going, and Sacramento did that for the Warriors. Uh, the Lakers are not nearly going to run as much as the Lakers as uh, the Warriors. Phoenix is aging. Chris Paul, you know, none of these teams are going to provide the aerobic test that this old Warrior team needed. So, I, I, you know, they're only, you know, five games into this type of thing. But athletically, I think this whole that they're ancient and old and, you know, going to be needing the rest, I think that's a false narrative. Yeah, it's true and legit. But they have the best-shaped team in the playoffs still. And a lot of the teams that they have facing ahead are have old-aging superstars. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I think you're on to something, Joe. And, and, and thanks for the call. I mean, we kind of laid it out with Phoenix. Uh, you know, Again, the Knicks and the Heat, I think you'd throw them out completely. Boston is, is still, I think, a, a younger team that that is pretty good, but something seems a little bit off about them. Denver again is young enough. I think they they'd be the one team that would concern me as far as you know trying to you know, being able to keep up with the the physical component of of hanging with the Warriors. Although we've seen the Warriors make Jokic less effective, he still gets his numbers, but they've made him less effective in in prior matchups, in, including last year. Although that was a different Nuggets team that didn't have Murray or, or Porter in that playoff series, but. But yeah, I, I do think the Warriors are the best conditioned team, and I do think the closer you get toward the finish line, in many ways, the the, the easier it gets from a from a physical standpoint. And then again, you know, Whitey, you get to the finals, and there's a long way to go. I know, Whitey, I was looking at this last night and the last couple of days. The Warriors could go from Game Five against Sacramento all the way through the Western Finals, depending upon how it lays out, if if the series were to go seven, let's say, and play every other day for 34 straight. Wow. Which would be it just based I didn't on, realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And so and and I mean, so lock in Warrior fans and, <laughs> and who knows? I mean, maybe the maybe the series goes six and there's an extra day here or there. But but if the Warriors played this series to seven and a conference final series to seven, they would play every other day from again going all the way back to game five a week and a half ago in in Sacramento all the way through the Memorial Day Sunday going every other day so it'd be April 26th all the way through May 29th over a month of playing uh, every other day but you get to the finals and then you start getting you know three days before it starts two days in between most of those games and the recovery is is much more in play in that series. First of all, Joe, great Bobby Hansen reference. Thanks for that. But you reminded me of a conversation I had. I was uh, filling in on the afternoon show talking to Steve Kerr uh, about Looney, and I'd always ask him about Looney and how, what great shape he's in. And I asked if Looney was in the, you know, like the best shape on the team. And Kerr said, Coach Kerr said, 
Well, no, it's Steph Curry's in the best shape of anybody in the league. So, um, you know, there is that. It's a great point. But I also think even in that that King series, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think there were times, especially towards the end of that series, where there were some Warriors that made the Kings look out of shape, like Looney in some ways ran circles mm-hmm. around Sabonis, right? I mean, how many times there's a loose ball, and it's like Sabonis has no chance because Looney's going to get it, not just because he's smart, because he was quicker uh, and just was quicker off his feet and just anticipated things better. So I do think even in the Kings series, the, the Warriors at times looked a little more athletic than, than parts of the Kings team. They did, and, and it looked like they were maybe wearing them down after game five. Yeah. Game six left everybody going, huh, what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. But then the Warriors were able to bounce back. And remember, there was so much of the discussion about – Game seven, and I know game sevens are different, Whitey, but but it was game seven, quick turnaround. A big part of this show last week when Allen was subbing in for you was, were the Warriors just not locked in or were the Warriors cooked physically? It, you know, Because it looked by the way they played as if they were cooked physically. I know Steve Kerr, after game seven, said, no, it was more the spacing, and we pinpointed it immediately. He said in their film session between game six and game seven, and, and that was why they looked so bad. It wasn't so much the physical, but just the spacing being bad. And and, and that was leading to all the turnovers and the, the, the janky shots that, that yeah. they took. Uh, in, <laughs> and it was in, between in the that. years, too, right? I mean, there's really no way yeah. around that. No, no doubt. And so I know before it was funny. There, there were a couple of times in the series, and we'll get back to the phones here in just a second. But there were a couple of times in the last series where you know, Steve Kerr, I think it was after the turnovers in game two of the King series. And I think I asked him about the turnovers and he said, you know, I, I watching the film, they're really unforced. And, and I, I had thought, Hey, the Kings are really kind of getting into them much better than you would have thought the Kings could ever get into them. Is that causing the turnovers? And, and coach Kerr had said, no, it's really, it's really, we're careless. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, huh? And it didn't quite, it didn't quite, it wasn't going with what I was seeing. Totally. He was right. hundred yeah. percent because the next three games, the Warriors cleaned it up. There was nothing the Kings could do about it. And then the issue with the spacing, he came out before Game 7 and said, without saying it, he wasn't going to tell, uh, you know, obviously the world and the Kings what it was, but he said very confidently before Game 7, there's one thing we noticed in, in the film that we're going to adjust to in, in this, and, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it turned out to be, and he said after they had won, that it was that spacing issue, and I thought, okay, is this was this on them, or was this they're tired, or was it mm-hmm. something Sacramento was doing? And it was another instance of the Warriors had the fix, Whitey, for what ailed them, and I think that's that's been a, a, a big component to their ability to figure out their their ways to win enough in this series, and they did it between Game 1 and Game 2. Yeah, well, I'm anxious to see, as everyone is, what the Lakers' adjustments are for tonight, too, so can't wait. All right, let's uh, keep it rolling with Thomas in Vallejo next here on Warriors This Week. Hey, Thomas. Oh, hey, how you doing? It's actually Tracy. Oh, what's up, Tracy? Sorry, Tracy. Okay, how you doing, here. Tracy? Yeah, we got you loud and clear. No what's no problem, on your mind, man? You're, you're a Lakers fan, Tracy? No. What's your perspective on this thing? Yeah, I'm a Lakers Okay, well, let me just start off by saying, for one, for stars, I appreciate good basketball in this series. I, it's living up to everything where I think it will live up to. And I want to say, you know, living up here in the Bay for all my life, you know, I always had a soft spot in my heart for the Warriors to begin with. But i just always been a Laker fan, going back to the Magic Johnson days. But I think um, the thing I'm looking at it toward the Laker side is 
we got to win games three and four. We got to hold on the home quarter bench because I think even if Golden State leaves out with a split, I really don't like our chances then because if I think if it goes seven, it's going it's going to probably swing toward the Warriors' way. But like if we win games three, games three and four, I think we can wrap the Warriors up in six. That's just my honest opinion, and I'll take your thoughts off air. Yeah, I mean, that's the template, right, Whitey? I mean, you, you steal one of the first two, then you hold serve, and the Warriors have still, although better in Game 5 and 7 against the Kings, have not been a good road team this year. Is that something that re-manifests itself tonight and Monday? That's one thing that I've got at the top of my list is as things to, to watch for. Can the Lakers make the game ugly? But, yeah, to me, that is that the Lakers' template to win the series is winning their three home games. I, I mean, I, I think that's... That's I'm not going to say their only shot. I, I would give any team a chance with LeBron James to win a game seven uh, on the road. I'm not saying they would. I picked the Warriors to win in seven. But, but yeah, the Laker template is make the Warriors pay for being a bad road team by, by hitting them here these next two, putting the pressure on the Warriors to stay alive in game five and then have to come back down here next Friday with an elimination game on the line. I mean, that's if the Lakers can't do that, Warriors come back and win tonight – then they're in big-time control of this thing, even if it still winds up 2-2 going into a Game 5. I agree with Tracy, and not just because he's from my hometown of Vallejo, but he, I think what he said gets back to something you said much earlier in the program about how, realistically, you know, you never know how these things are going to go. We're just guessing, obviously. But it does look like the Lakers have certain opportunities in this series, and if they fail to take advantage of those opportunities, they're in big trouble because it's going to be difficult for them to overcome a missed opportunity. For example, they won one of the first two. That's great, but now they got to capitalize on that. As for the road thing, J.D., I'm glad you brought that up. Could be totally wrong. To me, I don't think that's necessarily – to me, it's not an issue for the Warriors anymore. I think they played well. Uh, I know they lost the first two games at Sacramento, but then they came back game five. Um, and I just, you look at some of the issues they had this year on the road. And so many of them, I think of the meltdown in Salt Lake City when Steph didn't play and so many games when they were load managing and so many times they looked so bad. So early in the year, I just, to me, and it's always easier in a playoff series, I think. I mean, it's tough to win on the road because you're playing really good teams, but the travel is not really a factor. So maybe I'm wrong, but to me, the whole Warrior Road thing, that's not a factor. We'll find out, obviously, over the next two games whether I'm right or not. So you, th- you think they've figured out the road issues I do in, for the as most, the King yeah. series went on? Yeah, I think so. I do. And, and I honestly okay. think they probably should have won that first game in Sacramento. Well, they could have won all four. Yeah. But, but the, the, the game one and game two did play out like a lot of their regular season games, which I think gave everybody yeah. legitimate pause when it came back for game five as to are, are the Warriors going to be able to do it? They did winning game, I mean, winning game five and game seven. And the game five, Whitey, I think you could make the case was one of their best yep. playoff wins in the last 10 years, uh, given what was at stake on the road. I mean, Game 7 could be right up there, too, with what, what Steph did. But right. in that environment, it was just impressive as hell what mm-hmm. the Warriors did. Yeah, so that's why, to me, that's not a thing. But we'll see. We'll find out soon enough whether I'm right. Gene in Oakland next here, 888-957-9570. Hey, Gene. Morning, fellas. Hey. Yeah, I, too, don't believe uh, – uh, and them having any more road problems. I mean, they won two games impressively in Sacramento. Um, no, I. And as far as uh, 
believing they could win the whole thing. You know, I I felt that way since the beginning of the playoffs. And the reason is uh, I just look at their top eight and starting with the top five, you know, the big five, I would call them now because not only do they have the Hall of Famers, but, you know, two, two-way wigs is back and, and Looney is, I think, has evolved into one of the uh, best centers in the league. And you add to that GP2 and what he brings to the team. Uh, of course, Jordan Poole, while inconsistent, he can take over, and he's actually a better defender, I think, than he used to be. And then uh, DiVincenzo, who, uh, you know, surprised us or disappointed us in starting off a little slow, but started to look like what he had been the last half of the season in, in this last game. So if you compare those eight <clears throat> excuse me, with any other team um, that's left, uh, I, I think we come out ahead. So once again, uh, and as far as the road losses, I expect us to be the first team uh, in NBA history to have a lo- losing road record during the regular season and winter championship. Appreciate the call. I mean, good stuff there. Why do you want to chime in on, on what Gene had to say there? It's really difficult this year more than ever to base anything on what we saw during the regular season because I was kind of flashing back. Uh, I remember talking to Gene during the regular year here on Warriors this week, and I know I felt at times this year this is just not a championship team. But you look at where the Warriors are now, and the Lakers are another example. The Lakers through the regular season was just a matter of, um, we'll figure some things out. We'll, we'll, you know, Once we get to the postseason, we'll be good to go. Teams did not take the regular season very seriously this year, I think, to a larger degree than we've ever seen before. And my point here, I think that's bad for the league, but I, my point is a lot of things we saw from the Warriors this year, they just don't matter now. It, it, it is a different team right now. And they entered the postseason as they did last year, like, boom, here we go, ready to go. But a lot of the Warrior issues during the regular season, I, I don't think they apply at all whatsoever to what's going on with the team right now. Well, they're proving that, that maybe they don't as the Sacramento series went on and now into this Lakers series. I think these next two games will be another tell. I mean, if the Warriors can get one of these next two down here in L.A., then then I think yep. we can put the road stuff to bed once and for mm-hmm. all. I don't think we're quite there. We're almost there. But if they can split these two in L.A. or win both, obviously, mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. they can at least split, I think we can put the road stuff to bed because they at that point would have been competitive or have won basically every single road game that they've played yeah. uh, in, in the playoffs. 888 uh, we got one hour down, two more hours to go. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're with you until 1 o'clock. I am in Los Angeles ahead of Game 3 and Game 4 of the Western Semifinals as the Warriors and Lakers set to go. 5.30 tip. More of your phone calls and your text messages coming up next right here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.